Praise God. If you'll open to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. I guess it was hot the other day when I was preparing the sermon. And and uh, what's the one thing you think of when you're hot? Water. Water. And uh, so maybe that's why God led me to this psalm. I don't know. Hallelujah. Psalm 63, starting with verse 1. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on, the, on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wing, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Dear Heavenly Father, your word is life. And God, as we break the word of life this morning as we meditate upon your truths as we speak about heavenly things God would you open our hearts our minds and our understanding Father I believe that the Holy Spirit is here to teach us this morning and I believe that there's something very special for each one of us. So God, help us to apply these things to us, to each of us, to ourselves. Father, anoint now your servant and anoint the words as they go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, only a person who's been touched by divinity could pen such beautiful words as we see here in this psalm. This is the language of, of the psalmist while wandering in the wilderness of Judah or Judea. It's an experience which is typical of those who have discovered their real need here in this world. We live in a dry and a thirsty land. And I believe that as we look at this this morning, I believe God has truly a message for us. And I want to look first of all at the nature of the thirst. 
He says, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. This is the expression of a person who is, his spirit is so thirsty, so agonizing for the things of God. He has an aching spirit. This is a thirst of someone who's impoverished. A man is body, soul, and spirit. We're a tripartite being. And there's a God-made void within the heart of every one of us that can only be filled by God himself. There's a yearning that all the material blessings of this world just cannot satisfy. Soul thirst is an internal evidence that it belongs to God Almighty. I belong to God. And that's why I'm so thirsty for the things of God. Amen? We see here also the object of thirst. My soul thirsts for you. It longs for you, the scripture says. And unless you have experienced, except you have tasted and see that the Lord, he is good, you wouldn't have that thirsting and that longing. Because you would never know what you've missed. I'm thirsty for the things of God. I need refreshing in my spirit. Psalm 42 and verse 1. Psalm 42 and verse 1. We sing this song, this chorus, as the deer panteth for the water brooks. So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The reason the deer pants after the water brooks is because he has experienced He's been there. He knows that that running water is fresh and pure and good and satisfying. There's nothing like a moving stream. Who wants to drink out of these old stagnant 
ponds that uh, they don't even smell good. There's a soul. There's souls that are smitten by thirst, but you know they just don't know where to go to get a hold of this living water. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, if you are thirsty, the Lord would say unto you, Come unto me, all ye that thirst, and I'll give you living water. Amen? He'll give you that which really satisfies. You know, there's an old Malay proverb that says, Will the guardian of the well die of thirst? Think about that for a moment. Kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Someone who's in charge of the well, dying from thirst. And yet, I know of Christians that are thirsty. They are just literally dying for the things of God. They're dying for this thirst to get closer to God. And it seems a shame when it's so readily available that they should go thirsty. You know, they seem to rush to these broken cisterns that hold no water. There's a lot of broken cisterns in this world. There's a lot of places that give promise to meet the need of the thirst that is in our soul. But that's all they are is empty promises. There's an advertisement of the Tennessee Gas Transmission Company and it pictures four men alone in a lifeboat. And they have a piece of canvas. And they're trying to catch a few drops of rain in that canvas as they drift upon the ocean. And yet, the place where their boat is adrift is where the Amazon River empties into the ocean. And fresh water is carried miles out into the ocean. And all they would have had to do is lower their bucket. And they could have had nice, fresh water. Absurd? Well, I see where a lot of Christians are going thirsty when all they'd have to do is lower the bucket. 
All he'd have to do is say, here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill this longing in my soul. You know what he'd do? He would just fill you to overflowing. Out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. He would unstop that stream that has ceased to flow. You're hungry and you're thirsty this morning. I want to tell you, Jesus is here to meet your need. Hallelujah. Next, we see the cause of this thirst. It says here in our psalm that it was a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I want to tell you something. The land that we live in is dry. We live in a dry and a thirsty land. There's so little that can actually satisfy the needs of our souls. There's absolutely nothing belonging to this world that will ever take care of that God-made void. Except God himself. Yet, we try it all. Booze, illicit sex, drugs, possessions, name it, people will try it because they're trying to fill that emptiness in their life. They're thirsty. If you were anywhere around that parade last night, you know that we live in a dry and a thirsty land. It's just a clamoring emptiness, a wilderness. Next we see here the motive to see your power and your glory, verse 2. I want to tell you, this is the deepest desire of my heart, and I hope it's the deepest desire of your heart. To see the power of God. Oh, how I would have loved to have been on, at Azusa Street. People came from around the world. And they would walk into that stable. Because that's what it was, a converted stable. And they would be 
such a presence of the of God Almighty in that place that people would go down under the Spirit. People would begin to speak in tongues. People would, would, would begin to weep with, without anyone saying a word to them. It's my deepest desire. To see the power of God to save on a regular basis. Not not a one this month and one six months from now. We ought to see souls being saved continually. God adding to the church daily as he did in the book of Acts. I long to see the power of God to heal. Somebody walks in with a on crutches and they leave running and leaping and praising God. They come in in a wheelchair, but the wheelchair stays and they they just go about their own way. God can heal. I believe God can heal. And I need to see it. Amen? Hallelujah. I long to see the power of God to change lives. I think the greatest miracle that ever takes place is when God changes a soul. Saves a soul and changes their lives. Need to see it. I need to see it. I thirst for it. The psalmist looked for it in the sanctuary. I'm looking for it in the church. Hallelujah. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it in the lives of God's people. We are the sanctuary of God. What? Know ye not that you're the temple of God? That his that the Spirit of God dwells in you? We ought to see the power, amen. Boy, when the words preached, we ought to hear amens all over the place. Do you agree or don't you agree? Are you listening? I want to see power here. Do you want to see power here? Amen. Hallelujah. The fifth thing is the confidence of it. Verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall Praise you with joyful lips. Not maybe. I shall. Brothers and sisters, faith says it will happen. Amen? I believe it's going to happen here. 
He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Glory to God, even the Spirit's going to cover the earth. Even as the waters cover the sea, amen? We're going to have revival. If I didn't believe that, I guess I'd die of thirst. And where this thirst has been created, there will be blessings. I got God's word for it. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be what? I can't hear you. Fill. Amen. They shall be filled. So if you're hungry and thirsty this morning, take heart. God is going to meet that need. Hallelujah. God himself became the portion of them that seek after him. He makes them to drink of that river. The river of his pleasure. Next, I want to, I just want to mention the guidance of it. Verse 8. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. You know, the tree that's planted near the water brook, as those roots go down and they begin to find water, they follow after the water. And we should be like trees planted by the rivers of living water. Our roots should go down deep and should follow after God. And that's what the psalmist is saying. He is saying... My soul is close behind you. I'm, I'm, I'm running after God. I'm pressing in there for the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I want everything that you have for me. Hallelujah. If we found salvation in him, let's... Press in there a little bit harder. Let's go for broke. Let's go for everything that God's got. Amen? How many ever heard of David Brainerd? David Brainerd was an orphan at the age of 14. He later became a very powerful missionary and he died at the age of 29. And he was irritated by the text that says, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. At the age of 21, he felt like a man who was sitting on the edge of a precipice. And it seemed to me 
I was totally lost, he said. Reading a book entitled A Guide to Christ, he came across the text again. And uh, being greatly distressed and bewildered and having a state of mind that of distress and bewilderment, he said, what is it to believe? Again, on July 12th, 1738, he was challenged by the verse, and he saw there was only one condition, thirst. Let him who thirsts. There was only one commandment. Come. And there was only one way to be satisfied. Drink. Are you thirsty this morning? Do you feel a deep need in your spirit? If you do, then Christ would invite you this morning to come. He who thirsts, let him come.